Coming up on today's episode of The Time Blueprint, we're going to be talking about investment planning and money. That's the M in The Time Blueprint. This is a really important piece of the puzzle, isn't it, Frank? Very, very important. Yeah. Yep. This is where we're talking about uh, how you're going to protect your money, how you're going to make that money grow in retirement, what are going to be the most responsible ways to do all of that, what kinds of investments should you be in, what's the best way to just format all of that. It's a really important part of the retirement planning process. We're going to dive into all of it on today's episode. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Time Blueprint with Frank Oliver of Oliver Asset Management. Here we break down taxes, income, money, and estate planning, giving you the tools to make informed financial decisions and aim for better retirement outcomes. Your host is financial advisor Frank Oliver, the president and founder of Oliver Asset Management. He's the author of Your Time Is Now sharing the essentials you need to know to craft a comprehensive and customized retirement plan. Dive in with us as we offer clear strategies and straightforward advice, all designed to empower you in your financial journey. Welcome to the Time Blueprint. Welcome back to the Time Blueprint, Walter Storholt, alongside Frank Oliver of Oliver Asset Management. And I can't wait to dive into today's topic, Frank, because, well, investments are fun to talk about, right? Like this must be the part of the Time Blueprint process that people like sure. discussing, right? It's the most exciting part of my job is, is investing the money and choosing the different investments for the clients. Yeah. Absolutely. Even though you're not, let's be clear, and we're going to get into this, we're not picking like stock picking, day trading, like uh, broker, high level kind of like minutia like that. But still, it's fun to then... So here's where we're going to allocate the money and go from there. The options today are are so limitless as far as the different types of investments that are available for people. It really opens the doors to do just about anything with your money that you want your money to do. Okay, very so, good. Yep. So, so far in our podcast, Frank, we've talked about taxes and income. Now we're on the money side. Yep. I'm just curious. Imagine they're in that order because it spells the word time, right. but is it also in that order because it's kind of how you attack things in the planning process? Like, does does the investment piece come after you've addressed at least the income part? Totally. You know, I, I tell people this all the time. You could be sitting down at a restaurant or hanging out, having a beer, watching a football game, and somebody will come up next to you and, and uh, ask you what you do for a living. You're, you know, engaging in some some light conversation, and you, you always say you're an investment advisor. Well, where should I invest my money? I can't tell anybody where to invest their money. Or we'll have somebody come into the office, and the first question is, where should I invest my money? Yeah, it, it's just a really hard answer to quantify until you have a plan built for these people. Yeah, you know, you don't know how much money they're making, when they're going to retire, what level of assets they have, what their social security benefits are, the full-time plan. Yeah. So you're right. It, it is a, a it, it's, it comes later on in the planning process. You have to have the plan built to know what investments are going to make that plan work, right? Yeah. yeah. So if, uh, if, if we see each other out, I can't just walk up to you and say, hey, what stock should I pick that uh, this next week? What's going to be a really hot one? <laughs> you can. I probably won't be able to give you the right answer, but you can. <laughs> you can ask me anything you, you want. Can give an, you can give a, a, an answer, I'll right? I'll give an answer. I don't know if it's going to be the one you want or not. So <laughs> the, That disclaimer of this may not be right. Is right. important. Right. Yeah. You get a T-shirt with a disclaimer on it. Right? That's right. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I'm a financial funny. advisor, and then that would make a great T-shirt, would it not? I'm, I'm a financial it. advisor, and then have your yes. long disclaimer and yeah. fine print underneath. I'm doing it. I just thought of that too. <laughs> Ask me anything. Long fine print. Oh, fantastic! Right. You've got to trademark that. That'll be great. I'm, just, I'm doing it. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about that that process then. After yeah. we've established the income plan, we're looking at tax implications, all that kind of stuff. Now we want to start talking about investment with clients. What does the goal typically look for the dollars that kind of fall in this pot? 
Well, and we we break everything down into buckets for our clients, and I think yeah. it's just the easiest way for them to understand it. So you got to have your cash bucket for contingency expenses, emergency funds, you know, vacation money. If if you're going to get laid off from a job, that should be your okay. cash bucket. So if you're working, we usually say twelve months. It may take you twelve months to find a job. The the employment situation is pretty good right now, though. Um, if you're retired and you're on pension and Social Security, maybe you don't need twelve twelve months in a bank account because your pension and Social Security is not going to run out. Okay, so maybe six months in a bank account, but some Somewhere between six and in 12 months cash. Um, then after that, you have to have the income bucket. So when it comes to investing your money, you can't put it all into the same bucket and expect that to work for you. So you got your income bucket, then you get, or you got your cash bucket, then you got your income bucket. Okay. Income bucket's three to five years. So we went through a pretty rough spell in uh, last year, 2022. Um, and 2023 is shaping out to be a better year, but you know it, it's still it's challenging right now. Again, um, we're not sure how the year is going to end up. So if we go back to you know an event that is probably still on the minds of most retirees would be the you know the the recession of 2008. Yeah, right? the Great Recession. Sure. So if you go back to the Great Recession of 2008, it probably took three years for the accounts to recover. The market was starting to recover much sooner than three years. But when you experience a 40 or 50% decline, it may take three years for that your accounts to get back. Yeah. So you gotta have some, you gotta have some 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 guardrails. You gotta have some 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 protection mechanisms in place on that income bucket because you don't know okay. when it's gonna come back. And you can't, you know, you can't be selling, you know, assets at a loss to produce that income. So you get your you get your 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 cash bucket, six to twelve months, you get your income bucket, that's three to five years to take care of any situations that may happen with the markets. Then you got your growth bucket because we always know that the markets are going to recover. We just don't know when they're going to recover, for how long they're okay. going to recover. But we know over time the market's a great place to invest your money. It's just not always predictable. Okay, okay. Um, and there are there are so many awesome investments out there today for for income planning that um, have principal guarantees. They have principal principal protected products out there to invest your money in all day long. Just just a, a a full toolbox of options for you. So another way to look at all that would be your cash and emergency, you know that money's there. Right. Not touching it, you're not messing with it, it's not at risk, you can access it quickly, that's right. why it's in cash, right. it's to cover those purposes. Then income, we can't have it fluctuating a lot. So it's going to, because we need that money this year or over the next three to five years. Right. So that dictates what kinds of investments are in that income bucket and category. Right. Okay. Right. So you're not probably putting like stocks, mutual funds, things like that as much in the no, income side. They're, they're, it's a much safer type of investing for the income bucket. Okay. But again, and that comes down to the income plan, right? Yeah. We don't know we don't know how much um, how much money you need from your total group of assets to put into the income bucket until we know how much income you need combined with Social Security to build that plan. So that's why the okay. the plan comes first, the investments come second. I think it also allows you, Walter, to to build a better growth bucket because you know there's this there's this age old you know saying that you know if you're 50 years old you should be in a 50 50 portfolio okay. and if you're 60 years old you should be in a 40 or a 60 40 or a 40 60 portfolio you know 60% fixed 40% bonds i i got dyslexic there for just a second okay gotcha yeah um but i think if you have the income bucket in place and you have some form of principal protection on those assets i think it actually allows you to invest your growth bucket 
properly. So you okay. actually experience some growth out of those funds, knowing that it's going to bounce around every once in a while. But over the long haul, given it a five-year time frame, a better designed growth portfolio is going to do a better job for you. Put your conservative money in the in the cash bucket, in the income buckets, and then that allows you to invest a little a little better, a little more aggressively okay. in, in, in the growth bucket. So it's really, it just comes down to risk at that point. So if Absolutely. we have, a, if we take care of the cash and the income side, mm -hmm. it then gives us the permission, the free freedom mm -hmm. to be more aggressive and take more risk on those dollars we don't need today. Th that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Risk Perfect. is always growing your money a little bit better, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's a little uncertain in the, in the short term yeah. horizon. Yeah. So let's go down that line a little bit more and how you find this balance for folks. Sure. Is that risk level just based off of age or do emotions play into it? What else do you use to balance the right mix of income investments and, and all those other factors? Right. Well, we definitely have to be a fiduciary and do what's best for the client and, and, and kind of fit the, the investment strategy and the risk profile that meets their personality and their need. Okay. Um, but... You know, for example, we have a client that's got, you know, three or four million dollars. Okay. And he's in the when he came to us, he was in the standard risk tolerance based off of your age profile, right? The standard the standard model that everybody's used for years. Okay. And so after meeting with him for six months or a year, and he got, you know, he retired, and we we dove deep into his retirement planning and his objective for his funds. And I said, what's your objective for these funds? You you have never come to me saying that I need some of these funds to live off of. He's yeah. like, it's all going to my kids. Every nickel is going to my kids. Okay. I said, so you, and they have two pensions, maybe three pensions, because they've had a couple different jobs. They get two full social security benefits. They've been awesome with their money. They have very low debt. Their house is paid for. Um, so they really do not need that money. But I didn't know if they were going to change their lifestyle. They're going to take big vacations if they wanted their dream Corvette. If okay. they're going to buy a boat, a cabin in Estes Park, a condo in Florida. I didn't know what they were going to do. Right. Because yeah. you can say one thing, but then your actions may not match what your right. verbal plan was. Exactly. And and when we dove down and he clearly said, I do not need any of this money. It's all going to my kids if possible. Well, that kind of throws your age profile out of the risk equation, okay. right? Because yeah. if you got another 30 years to invest that money because you don't need any of it, then you don't need to be in the standard age-adjusted risk profile for that gotcha. model, right? Yeah, because you're so, really basing it off almost the kid's age at right. that point. Yeah. And at that, once we had that conversation, he totally agreed and, and realized that you know maybe he was doing this incorrectly based on that, that poor advice that he had received. Okay. And so we went through and redesigned that portfolio. But you know, I mean, if somebody's got two, three, four, five million dollars, which is a lot of money, I get it. Yeah. But if they could retire off of five hundred thousand dollars, why not maybe, do that? Yeah. Right. Maybe the five hundred thousand is theirs, and you build something a little bit different for the for the mm. wealth transfer that that additional money. So. So that's a great example. You could have two people with the exact same amount of money yeah. in every account. They come in to meet with you, but the one change of, hey, I want this every dollar in this bucket to pass to my kids versus someone who says, no, we're going to buy the house in Florida right. and uh, the condo in Estes Park and That's go crazy and just have a blast with that those yeah. dollars. You're going to invest that same bucket of money, even though it's the exact same amounts and everything else about their situation is the mm -hmm. same. The investments look totally different now because of that yeah. different risk profile and oh, the yeah. timing of all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, you have clients that don't even have children. 
and maybe those are the 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 particular people that are going to go out and just go hog wild sure and and spend their money yeah. and enjoy it and then you have clients that are very conservative and they're not going to change their lifestyle and it does all go to the kids so that's why so why designing a plan and understanding your clients is so crucial when it comes to investing the money how to invest and how much risk to take and what they actually want those funds to do for them in the future makes a lot of sense yeah. and it doesn't always have to be just is this going to go to the kids or not it may be hey You've got a, a pension, but it's going to turn off, or you've got something, one of those income sources turns right. off at age, you know, 80. Absolutely. And so we're going to need now the money from your 401k at age 80. Right. So that's then your, that sets your investing timeline and profile. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's cool how it can work in all those different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about whenever we talk about investments, then people logically kind of go to, all right, well, aren't there fees involved right. with investing? So if there's a concern about fees and investments, how do you particularly look for your clients to reduce fees or at least help them understand the value of maybe how much their portfolio is costing them? Yeah, there's um, there's a, that's a question that comes up regularly okay. in my office with a, with a newer client. Um, and, and I don't mean to to take away from the fee conversation because fees are important and people can have what's known as fee drag on their portfolio and it will reduce their overall net fee return. drag fee drag that, absolutely that sounds like a, a boating term in drag like so, or, or even <laughs> like people that forget to their anchor up they get anchor drag yeah exactly you know there was a story before the show about that folks yeah, well, but, but, it, it wasn't frank's boat don't worry about it, it. Wasn't my fault, really. yeah i was i was in the right on this one that's right um yeah so there is fee drag and you know the um Mutual funds are, are a victim of this sometimes. Okay. And I'm not saying mutual funds are bad, but you got to be careful of the fees on mutual funds. We typically use stocks or exchange traded funds, which are much lower in the fees. Okay. Um, and, and again, as long as the fees are reasonable, I, I don't think people should really tear apart the fees too much if the advisor is doing a good job. Um, okay. And there's a lot of proof out there that that a good advisor that's doing a good job, that's looking at at everything like we do with the time plan, right? The time blueprint. Yeah. Right? will be able to, you know, protect you from some market risk. You know, I, I think the average portfolio over X amount of time grew by 20% more than an unmanaged portfolio. Um, an advisor that's able to help you out, you know, save you tens of thousands of dollars a year on taxes, maybe structure, you know, your plan for the RMDs and, and wealth transfer to the family. So I think a lot of times the fees get in the way of clients actually looking for a good advisor yeah. versus just looking at the fees and not realizing the value that they get out of that. But with that being said, you do need to look at the fees and make sure that you're not in expensive mutual funds, you know, and that they're not loaded incorrectly. Um, some variable annuities have, have been known to have okay. some high fees from time to time. Hidden fees, is that a concern? Hidden like fees, just, People absolutely. don't even know where to look to find them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm not picking apart products because I think that there's a lot of good products, mutual funds and and, and everything else out there. But it, sure. it's important. Just I just don't think I'd make that my sole focus when it comes to looking for value with an advisor. So. Okay, but if it's a concern, you help people uncover the number that's truly there in terms of fees. We're very that, transparent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we'll show them the, the exact internal fee on, on everything that we use. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Perfect. we're very transparent because we're confident that our fees are, are equal, if not lower than, you know, than what they currently have. Sure. So Okay, very good. An important part of the process to ask those questions that are on your mind. If it's a concern, bring it up to, to Frank and the Oliver Asset Management Absolutely. team and they'll get yep. the answers for you. So what does your firm believe when it comes to, um, if someone's heard this term, active or passive management of funds? And we're getting a little deeper down the line of talking about investment planning, but I know we'll have many listeners and viewers who have heard terms like that and get that detailed when they ask you questions about things. So when you're managing funds, can you explain what active and passive management is? And then what's your firm's philosophy on that? 
Yeah, um, and there's two different schools of thought with that. Sometimes you can have an actively managed portfolio that is rebalanced too frequently, okay. I believe. Um, but then again, a passively managed portfolio may be rebalanced too infrequently. You okay. know, so I think there's kind of a sweet spot in there. Sure. Um, we base our rebalancing based on our client reviews. So whether they come in, you know, four times a year, three times a year, two times a year, what whatever they feel that that, you know, that need is as far as is that review. That's when we look at the portfolio to rebalance. Right? Okay. Um, so that's our version of, of active management. We're not getting in there and changing things every 30 days. I think that's too active. I think okay. that could actually be a detriment to the portfolio. But, you know, not looking at a portfolio for one, two, three, four, five years also could be a detriment. Yeah. You know, so if we meet with the clients, you know, even if we met with them twice a year and we meet with them more frequently than that, but even twice a year, um, we always got our finger on the pulse. We're talking to the clients. We're making sure they understand their portfolio and we do rebalance at that time okay. as needed based on what's going on with, with economic events. Are you ready to navigate the complexities of retirement with clarity and confidence? Let Oliver Asset Management be your guide. If you are ready to get serious about retirement, we can offer you a complimentary financial strategy session tailored just for you. You'll get to dive deep into your financial aspirations, uncover areas of opportunity, and set a clear roadmap toward your retirement goals. It's your opportunity to turn plans into actionable steps, all at no cost to you. Make the move toward a better informed retirement. Just schedule your free session today by visiting OliverAssetManagement.com or just click the link in the description of today's show. All right, Frank, great breakdown of investment planning. A lot to consider there. We could certainly spin this into four, five, six podcast episodes, Easily. I would imagine, Easily. getting Pretty into extensive. all the details, which we will. Over the course of the life of this podcast, we will dive into lots of different topics when it comes to this. But good to start high-level investment planning, the I in the time blueprint. So again, if you want to go through the planning process with Frank and his team at Oliver Asset Management, he'll take you through and put together your own time blueprint, making sure that taxes, income, money, and of course, the uh, estate planning piece are all taken care of in your retirement plan. You can schedule a free strategy conversation with Frank by going online to oliverassetmanagement.com. That's oliverassetmanagement.com. Or call the team if you want to talk on the phone first. Maybe you've got a little question you'd like answered first or want to ask a few additional pieces of information. That's fine too. 720-897-TIME is the number. 720-897-TIME. We're not done with the podcast yet. Coming up, Frank, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. we got a fun question for you this week. And we still have a great mailbag question coming up today. Uh, so we've got that one from Jack. That's coming up as well. All right, time to get to know Frank Oliver a little bit better on the show today. So, Frank, here's my question for you on today's right. episode. What was the last TV show that you binge watched? That's an easy one. Bloodline. 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 Great show. Yeah, it's awesome. Really it's my good second show. binge on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so you're like me. You'll you'll rewatch a show. Oh, absolutely. Okay. One like Bloodline? Yeah. Yeah. I just downloaded it to my iPad. Yeah. And uh, I watch it at night. I actually watch it on the boat, which probably isn't the best place to watch Bloodline because they're what blowing you, up boats. There are, yeah, there are some right. boat exactly issues right. in that movie. Yeah. Although at the same time, kind of appropriate. Yeah, like, it's kind of fun. <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah. Watching movies on the boat sounds pretty awesome, by it's the awesome. way. It's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. I, I, when we've rented boats in Florida before, I enjoy like listening to, like on a Saturday, if you're out on the boat, like turning on college football and having that playing over the radio while you're driving around doing stuff and yeah i tried to, to do like watch nfl red zone while we were on the boat one 
time, but it was just so bright. It was really hard to see the screen and all that. So. There's a lot of boats out there now that got Starlink activated on their boats. Oh, yeah. So they're getting okay. Wi-Fi wherever they go on the lake. And nice. they sit out there and they watch all the ball games and movies at night. And we'll stream movies. To That's good boats. stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 We saw Starlink on the lake this weekend shoot over. Really? Well, I heard that over northern Colorado, there had been some people were spotting it the last couple days. It's pretty cool. I'll show you pictures. Okay. It's pretty neat to see. It's like aliens. Oh, is it really? Neat. Neat. I have to get the camera out, do some like astrophotography or something, try and catch it streaking across the sky. I know, but you love photography. Yeah. 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 So very cool. All right. So Bloodline was the last show. Yeah. Obviously, what do you like about Bloodline? If if we turn this into a movie recommendation or a show recommendation, what's what about Bloodline? It's definitely not a child friendly movie. So I don't know if I'd recommend grandkids are over there or anything like that. That, but uh, I just like the acting. Uh, the yeah, whole storyline is pretty cool, and the actors are phenomenal. It's also, you know, a pretty show. They're in South Florida. Show. There's just visuals are cool. So I, I do love Florida. I do love the setting that it's in, and it is filmed in Isle Morada. I think quite a bit of it. And we have a friend that's got a boat in Isle Morada. Oh, cool! So we actually sail or boat out of Isle Morada with uh, with my friends. So then you feel like a connection to the location. Yeah, and yeah. we actually went to a restaurant bar where quite a bit of it was filmed. Is that know, right? Via boat one time. So yeah, you kind of feel at home there. That is pretty know? cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they live an interesting lifestyle too. Like the main characters, they run basically like a small resort in the Keys of yeah, Florida. Well, it's beautiful. And it's Absolutely. just like a neat story yeah. about the family, although it's dark. There. Yeah, it is a dark story for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but when you see the resort, it definitely makes you, you want to go to Isle Morada and go on vacation. It made us want to like do that. Like, yeah. oh, wouldn't it be cool? Cool if we just yeah. quit everything and went and ran a little little tiny resort down right. at the coast, and then right. you see the rest of the film or the rest of the show, and you're like, okay, never mind, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty cool show, though. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Bloodline, check yeah. it out. Age appropriate, of course. Um, exactly, yeah. John but Rayburn. Uh, good show, John Andy Rayburn. Rayburn yeah. That's right. All right, that's getting to know Frank. We still need to answer a, a viewer and listener question coming up next, so we'll do that. All right, it's the mailbag portion of our show here on the Time Blueprint, and we're going to answer a question from Jack in this portion of the program. Frank, Jack says, my pension doesn't provide an inflation raise each year, so I'll still be getting the same amount at 85 that I'll have at 65. Should I even bother taking the spousal continuation option for my wife to keep getting the monthly payment if she outlives me? Uh, We do get that question a lot, Jack, so let me see if I can help you with that. Uh, We do a lot of pension planning in the office, and and typically on a pension, uh, one of the spouses, you know, is eligible for 100% or 50% or or 0% um, on that on that pension benefit. So if spouse number one passes and that spouse has the pension, the surviving spouse is entitled to some of that benefit, depending on how you set that up. I think the problem that we see with that is that um, when when the surviving spouse is receiving 100% of that pension it's going to put the surviving spouse in a much higher tax bracket. Okay. So married filing joint versus single filer is an entirely different tax animal there. And so what happens is is when that single filing spouse receives that same amount of income, it'll skyrocket their tax bracket, okay. which is unfortunate. Um, so I think that there's better alternatives to electing pension plans. And on this question here, should I even should I even opt for the spousal benefit? If you if you do not opt for the spousal benefit, you're going to get a much higher payout on that pension. Yeah, I think there's some great tools for that. If you take that higher payout, let's say that you don't need it, you do okay. not need that higher payout. Just take the difference between the hundred percent spousal benefit and the zero percent spousal benefit. Determine what that number is, okay. and then take that additional revenue that you're producing that you don't need because you're going to give the spouse hundred percent anyway, right? Yeah. So if you don't give 
give her 100% or give him 100% and you take the 0% option, your income goes up, you weren't going to have that anyway if you're giving the spouse some money. So if your income goes up, take that additional income, go on and buy yourself a life insurance policy. Okay. And it sounds like a, like a, a, a different strategy that a lot of people are not used to because we think of life insurance as far as you know paying off our house or something like that. Life insurance is tax-free. So if you take that additional benefit from that pension, Put it into a life insurance policy mm. instead of the spouse getting, you know, eighteen hundred dollars a month for the rest of her life. Maybe she can end up getting two, three, four hundred thousand dollars tax free. That'll produce the same amount of money as the pension was going to produce anyway, taxable. Yeah. She's got control of that money. Plus, if both of you pass away, most pensions will not transfer those funds to the children. If you have a life insurance policy that you're buying with the pension, with the additional income that you weren't going to have anyway, uh, okay. if both spouses pass away in a car crash, then the children actually get that pension because the pension was buying that life insurance and it's tax-free. So there's a lot of great alternatives out there when you start to dig into it. And that's where it pays to have somebody thinking creatively right. about how to properly prepare for Absolutely. retirement. That's one small little example. Right. And that's just a small piece of the puzzle, but one right. major difference in somebody's plan. Right. Yeah. We call it the pension max plan. Okay. Pension yep. max. Very Absolutely. cool. Yep. Well, I hope that example is helpful for you, Jack. If you would like to reach out to Frank, and that goes for anybody watching or listening to today's show, don't hesitate to reach out. Go through a free strategy session online today with Frank and the team. You can schedule it online. You'll come in and do that in person, of course. Uh, OliverAssetManagement.com is the website to go to. That's OliverAssetManagement.com. Or you can call 720-897-TIME to set up that time to visit as well. 720-897-TIME. And Frank, thank you for all of your help and guidance on the show today. Appreciate it, Walter. Enjoyed it. We'll see you next time, and we'll see all of you next time as well, right back here on The Time Blueprint. Advisory services offered through Creative One Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth, LLC, and Oliver Asset Management are unaffiliated entities. Licensed insurance professional. Respond and learn how financial products, including life insurance and annuities, can be used in various planning strategies for retirement. The information contained herein is based on our understanding of current tax law. The tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretations. We recommend that you seek professional tax advice for applicability to your personal situation.